history fairly gleams with examples of men who have gone to any length necessary to see that the message they had to deliver got through. There are events in ancient history where messengers with news of a great battle, with news of great importance, would run all day across rugged terrain delivering a message only to drop dead. So strong was their conviction that the message had to get through. The Apostle Paul had a message, and yet there was a quietness and a relaxation as he thought about the importance of his message. For Paul would die, indeed he did die to see that the message got through, and yet there was a peace and a calm and a quiet in his soul because he knew that the message would get through, the word would go out, and the gospel would do his work with or without his help. The Word of God is not bound. In Germany, a preacher named Martin Niemöller refused to leave the country when the mad career of one that off Hitler began. And Niemöller stayed in prison, submerged and subdued on his knees for years. But for 30 years after Hitler was gone, Niemöller lived and was free. And the message that he had proclaimed went on. Paul was in bondage when he wrote to Timothy. He was in prison. He was chained there in a house in Rome under guard. And yet he was rejoicing all of the time. What he said was essentially this. I may be bound. I may be in fetters. But my bonds do not hinder the work of the gospel. For the word of God, he says, is not bound. Others have translated it, there are no fetters on God's word. And so this morning I want us to consider, as we try to grasp the importance of foreign missions, the unchained message, in what ways is the word of God, the message of salvation to a lost world, unchained? First of all, it is unchained in its extension. The story of Christianity is the story of a battle between light and darkness. And a day has never yet dawned when the forces of darkness do not have as their objective the stamping out of the gospel of Jesus Christ. At various times in history, the governments of the world have bound themselves together to eliminate the Word of God and the work of the Holy Spirit. But the only thing that persecution has done to the church is to enliven it. You need not worry so much about the church in Russia as you do the church in Oklahoma. The church in Russia is alive and well. Persecution will never kill it, but good times will try. It is unbound in its extension. Two hundred years ago, yonder in Virginia, there was a small group of Baptist preachers in a colony not yet open to anybody's faith, and they would not cease to preach the gospel message as they understood it. And so they were bound together and put into prison. But they let word filter out through a visitor that they would preach. 
And every day at a certain time on the far side of that prison wall, a group of believers would gather and through the window of their cell, those men would lead in praises and would preach the gospel. And on the very side of that prison today stands a Baptist church because the Word of God is unbound. It is unchained in its extension. In 1536, in the month of October, a courageous man was stood amongst, amongst a bundle of sticks. There he was strangled with a scarlet thread until he was dead. There they put the book that he had spent his life working on and set it on fire, burning the man and his book. But the body of William Tyndall lit a torch, a torch that reached beyond persecution to the city of Geneva, where in 1560, perhaps the most important of all the English translations of the Bible, the Geneva Bible, was printed. And then in the early 1600s, when the translators of the Bible most of us are carrying today gathered together with trembling hands to translate the Word of God, they had the Geneva Bible and William Tyndall's New Testament because the Word of God is unchained in its extension. They may burn the man. They may tear up the book. They may try to stamp out the work. But Paul reminds us, and history has proven it over and again, the Word of God is unchained in its extension. Try as they will, they will never stamp it out. How is the message unchained? It is unchained in its power. It has power to comfort. Though we cannot explain it, Many of us in this room today know what it is in a time of turmoil when the world would seem to tumble in around our shoulders to find in the book a word that would bring peace and comfort and help when nothing else would. And through the years, millions upon millions have found in the precious Word of God an unchained message that is powerful that is, bringing comfort to their souls. It is unchained in its power to comfort. It is unchained in its power to save. You may put a man with no knowledge of God alone. You may isolate him and give him the Word of God. And if he goes to God's Word and the Spirit of God convicts him and he is saved through the Word of God by the power of God, he will come forth from his isolation alive in Christ, sound in his doctrine, and convinced of his mission to carry the message to others. One of the great Christians in the history of Japan was a, name, a man named Kagawa. And years ago, Kagawa told the story of a very strange case of conversion. There was a man suffering from a rare oriental skin disease, worse in its effect than leprosy. There was nothing they could do for him. They had no cure for his disease. And the only thing they could do as his body eroded away day by day was to submerge his entire body in a bathtub filled with a chemical solution that would ease the suffering. 
that man lay in that bathtub for seven years. And as his confinement there began, his soul was dark, his heart was broken, and he could not understand his plight. But into that room where he lay, a New Testament found its way. And someone suspended it from the ceiling on a string and hung it above his bathtub. He could lift his hands only long enough to turn the pages. And day after day, with literally nothing else to take up his time, that man read back and forth and drank in the riches of God's Word, and he was converted. And for the last five years of his life, Kagawa said there was a steady stream of people who came and went from that room to see the man in the bathtub. And somehow every one of them went away with a new life and a new spirit, a faith born from the man in the bathtub who had forgotten his suffering who had forgotten his plight and had become submerged in the unchained message that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. And as Kagawa made his application, he said in his oriental staccato, it is hard to have faith in a bathtub. But the Word of God is unchained in its power to save. It is unchained in its power to transform. So-called cultured society has always in every age of man's history produced generations of those who felt themselves too sophisticated to believe in something like the Bible teaches. A number of years ago, while in the Fiji Islands, an infidel Englishman was overheard talking to a native teacher of a Bible class by a missionary. And the conversation went something like this. The Englishman said to the native as he was on his way to teach his Bible class, You natives are really gullible, aren't you? You'll believe anything. Why, don't you know that that Bible contains only fairy tales? If you were more enlightened, you would realize that it's all meaningless. And the native teacher thought for a moment. And then in reply, he said to the Englishman, Sir, if we had not given up our heathenism and our cannibalism and taken up our Bibles and turned to Christianity, you would have been clubbed, cooked in the oven, and eaten today. The Word of God is unchained in its power to transform. Oh, how miraculous! to believe that it can transform us. I can understand how the Word of God has power to transform the blackest of deeds in a man's heart, the darkest of souls, and turn that one into an angel of light. But the wonder of wonders is that God can reach down in the midst of a comfortable society God can reach down in the midst of civilization where within the heart of man, unknown even to himself sometimes, there lurks the same blackness of the heathen jungle and he can take that civilized man like you, like me, and transform us into what he wants us to be. But the message is unchained 
in its power to comfort, its power to save, and its power to transform any life into what God wants it to be. And then let us consider why is the Word of God unchained. It is unbound because the Holy Spirit is unbound. In the Bible, we see the power of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit came with the sound of a rushing wind and the appearance of fire, and He literally fell on a city that day in 3,000 people were converted. In Acts chapter 8, we see the unbound presence of the Holy Spirit as he led that New Testament deacon Philip in a citywide crusade in Samaria. And that wicked city was in the midst of a great crusade. People were being saved every day when the Spirit of God led Philip down a lonely road in the Gaza Strip. And there he met a man from Ethiopia. And starting with Isaiah 53, he preached Jesus to the Ethiopian. And that man went home. I have often wondered what it would be like to be involved in a great evangelistic effort and the Holy Spirit to come and say, I want you to go to the desert where nobody is. I would imagine Philip may have been tempted to say to God, Lord, what are you talking about? I'm involved in the greatest revival I've ever seen. Why should I leave it? But Philip was sensitive to God's leadership. And let me tell you what happened because he went to the Gaza Strip. There he met a man who was treasurer of the nation of Ethiopia. We do not have all of the details, but we do know that that man was the first convert of Ethiopia. And we know that until just a few years ago in the 1970s, Ethiopia was the most Christian nation on the continent of Africa. There is the importance of foreign missions. There is the importance of Christian commitment. We have missionaries laboring around the world, and the way we measure success, they may not be successful. But we do not know what the Holy Spirit of God will do with even one convert who turns his heart and life over to the Lord Jesus. We see the Holy Spirit alive and active in the church at Antioch. For it was here that the world around them dubbed them Christians, little Jesus people. And it was here that missions were born as the Holy Spirit led that church to set aside Paul and Barnabas to go as missionaries to a lost world. I think of some years in the 17th century when a British a Britisher named William Carey was led of God's spirit to leave his home in England and go to India to spend 40 years of his life and because of William Carey's courage the modern missions movement was born I have read how Adoniram Judson and Luther Rice spend years of their lives not only over the seas, but riding across the American frontier, telling Baptists in America of the foreign mission needs of the world. And today, Southern Baptists are alive and vital and active because God has blessed a commitment to reaching the world with the gospel. 
The Word of God is unbound because His Spirit is still unbound today. It is unbound because the prayers of God's people are unbound. Years ago, I heard someone say that prayerlessness is the greatest sin. And I did not believe it, but I believe it today. And as we look into the Bible, it is as a direct result of the prayers of God's people that God intervenes in human history. Abraham prevailed in prayer with God and his nephew Lot was preserved from destruction. Moses prevailed in prayer with God and because of one man's prayers, God saved and preserved and spared the lives of that wicked nation. The church in the book of Acts prevailed in prayer with God and God sent an angel to open a prison door and Peter walked out a free man. And today, prayer still gives us at our disposal the power of heaven. For when you have prayed the will of God based on the word of God, then all of heaven must bow to answer that request. Once a year, Southern Baptists join together to give the largest offerings in the history of the world to reach the world with the gospel. But every day, every day before God, we ought to bring the need for the gospel and the work of foreign missions to God's throne. You may not be able to do anything else, but you can pray. You can pray. Dr. A.C. Donath was for many years one of our missionaries in Africa. And the, eight, the region that he supervised uh, contained... An, a tribe in an outlying region that had barely been touched by the gospel. But when a missionary passed through their own tour, the chief of that tribe had been saved. And every six months or so, that chief would send a messenger to Dr. Donath and say, send us someone to tell our people about Jesus. Twice a year for several years, A.C. Donath's heart broke a little bit as he had to turn those messengers back with the word there is no one to send. But that chief kept praying and Dr. Donut kept praying and he kept sending those messengers and one day A.C. Donut says because of the Lottie Moon Christmas offering he told that messenger there is a young couple on route from our country and they will live with you and tell your people about Jesus. The Word of God is unbound because the prayers of God's people assail the throne of heaven. The Word of God is unbound because the power of Christ and the love of Christ is unbound. The work will go on. It will succeed because of the great love of God. And as you and I consider God's love and the power of God's Word... I ask you to remember that when God prepared a gift for the world, He gave the best that He had to give. I have been asked, Pastor, what shall I do for foreign missions? What should I give to Lottie Moon Christmas offering? My answer is always this. How much is God given to you? How much is God given to you? This is the birthday of Christ, 
And the wonder of Christmas is not that God came, but that God died. That's how much God cared for the work of missions. And so ought we to care. Paul knew by conviction and experience that the power of God and the love of God was unbound. Dr. E. Stanley Jones, great preacher of another generation, was involved in a public debate with a Mohammedan one day many decades ago. And in that public forum, they bandied theology. And back and forth they would go, and at every seeming point of contradiction, there would be a stalemate. And finally, near the conclusion of the debate, the Mohammedan said to Stanley Jones, You have proven nothing! And Stanley Jones said, Sir, where lies the body of Mohammed? And he told him, and told of the great pilgrimages there to worship at the tomb of the dead leader. And E. Stanley Jones closed by saying, Sir, the grave of Jesus Christ is empty. The power of God is unbound because God's love has brought Jesus to the earth and from the grave. It is the power of God unto salvation. And ours is the privilege of giving others a chance to hear that message. And so we see Lottie Moon not as just another offering, not as a burden, but as a glorious opportunity to give because God has given to us. Years ago in rural South Dakota, in a small community, a mining community, a young mother, wife of a rather migrant worker, was in her kitchen working around the house when she noticed that the flies in the house were thicker than they usually were. She went into the other room and discovered that the front door was open and that her three-year-old daughter was gone. Not worried at all, realizing that the child couldn't have been gone long and couldn't have gone very far. That young mother began to search in the immediate area of the house. And then she began to panic as the child did not answer her call. And as the child could not be found, she summoned her husband from his work. And they began to work out their, their way out into the woods around the house. And they could not find the child. On the second day, many began to gather and comb the area, but all to no avail. And finally, on the second morning after the child had disappeared, someone had the idea. They said the child could not have gone too far, so let us draw a circle of a mile around the house and let us join hands and walk down that sweep of land toward the cabin. And this they did when everyone was spread out and the word was passed. They began to comb every inch of that ground. And one of the workers coming onto a dry creek bed found there beneath a little ledge the body of that child who had fallen into the creek bed and struck her head against a stone and bled to death. Later that day, they laid the body of that little girl in her mother's arms. That mother cried with anguish of heart, Oh, why didn't we join hands sooner? And across this street, 
and that one, and the freeway, and over this way, as well as around this world, there is a lost and dying world bleeding to death in sin. And I say to you this morning, we must join hands with millions of others before it's too late. Lest we stand before God one day with blood on our hands and He says, Oh, why didn't you join hands? The Word of God is unbound because of God's power, because of the prayers of God's people, because of the love and the power of Christ. And there is a question that I ask you to answer this morning. And that question is this, What is your part in what God wants you to do? I want your soul to be moved by the Holy Spirit. And I want you to give generously. I want us to do something we've never done before for foreign missions. So that God will be honored. And we will be doubly blessed in the giving. But as we go around the world with the gospel of Christ, I want for you, I want for myself, I desire for all of us to be willing to go across the street with the gospel. What is your part? You cannot go, but you can pray. You cannot go, but you can give. You cannot cross the sea, but you can cross the street. Remember, you do not go alone. You go in the power of the unchained Word of God. May we pray. Father, I thank You for the fact that your work will be done and the word will go out and will do its work with it with us or without us. But oh Lord, how we desire to be a part of what you're doing. I pray that you would give us a vision of the lostness of the world, of the urgency of the need. And Lord, I want to pray on behalf of every worshiper here today that before they leave this place, you would give them a vision of need of someone across the street or next door. I pray that this heart, this church, will have a great missionary heart. May we give and give generously, and then may we go and put feet to those prayers and reach this town with the gospel. Show us our place. Draw from us commitment to the ministry of the gospel. Do with us right now what you please. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We stand during this moment of commitment to sing hymn 361, Wherever He Leads, I'll Go. I don't know your need, but what God would have you do, do it right now, do it quickly. As we stand... And as we sing...